0: John chapter 3 this morning, as we follow the winds of the Spirit. No, we're not watching Forrest Gump, sorry. And the sermon title is not Life is a Box of Chocolates or anything like that. But I thought that that was a really appropriate beginning, talking about the winds of the Spirit. Of course, all that was done CGI, right? But we have the Holy Spirit within us to guide and direct. So this series has been uh, really an pretty audacious uh, belief, uh, a statement that the God of the universe, okay, the one who created everything that we know, the one who lives uh, and is enthroned in the heavens, no longer manifests himself in temples or the, the, uh, the, the Ark of the Covenant or, or anything like that. Instead, He has chosen to manifest His presence in you. If you've accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, if you're a believer in Him, God comes to live in you. And not just that, He doesn't come just as a temple, which we talked about last week, but He comes because He wants to have intimate fellowship with you. He wants to, as Jesus said, I no longer call you slaves, I call you friend. And so, God dwells within us because he desires to know us and for us to know him, and we can have a moment-by-moment relationship with him. Now, we have to learn to hear his voice amongst all the distractions that we have in this world, that still small voice, but we can discern his voice and his actions in our life. That's a pretty amazing claim. So, what does that look like? Well, that's what we're going to talk about for the next two weeks. What does the indwelling Spirit of God, this, this, this presence, this union that we have with Christ, so what does that look like? A couple years ago, I was down in Jamaica on a mission trip, and uh, Pam and I have led teams to Jamaica for the last ten years, and what we do is we fly into Montego Bay and we drive way up into the mountains to a, a place called Mount Stewart, and there's a little, church, little Baptist church there that uh, we minister in, and I've really got to know Pastor Dwayne and his wife, Arlene, uh, uh, very well. But when you go on a foreign mission trip, and I'm sure many of you who have done this, you know, they just operate differently than we do here in the United States. Uh, we have our to-do list, and we're, you know, we're type A. And so uh, after many years of ministering with Pastor Duane, he said, hey, come back to my house. Uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll spend a little time together, and then we'll, we'll do some visits." on the mountain. Uh, and I was like, wow, what a great cultural experience this is to get to go. So we went, and Pam went with me, and we sat with Dwayne, and we had the cake and the, co- and the coffee and all of that. And I'm looking at my watch, and I'm thinking, man, we've been here a long time. We, we said we were going to go do some visits. I hope we to do some visits. So I said to him, okay, well, that was nice. Uh, can we go do the visits now? And he said, oh, oh, absolutely, absolutely. And then he sat. I'm like, and he said, "Well, um, before I do any visits, I always spend about twenty minutes in prayer." I'm like, "Oh, uh, I do too! <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> absolutely! That, that, that's. I knew we were going to do that, you know. You know, and, and I just got to thinking about how different it is, you know. And what he was saying was, you know, I want to, I want to connect with the Holy Spirit and be led by Him in this, in this." simple in, well, a simple endeavor of 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 connecting with people on the mountain, you know and I go about that completely opposite i sit down I would sit down in my office, I would check the prayer list who 's sick okay okay, who do I need to call who can i visit go but the rest of the world okay the rest of believers who are cultivating a relationship with Jesus throughout the the two thirds world that we know it. Uh, many of them, they would say, oh, we couldn't do that without taking time to listen to the voice of God. Now, um, one of the things that, I, that uh, I, I've noticed in the Scripture here, and it's kind of the basis of the message here, and the reason that we have the, the title, The Winds of the Spirit, is that there is an interesting word play that's found in Scripture that I believe is very significant. The word for spirit... And the word for wind are identical. It's the exact same word. And so when the the translators of the Old and New Testament uh, encounter these words, they have to make a decision. Is this talking about the physical wind? Or is it talking about uh, a spiritual metaphor? Or is it talking about God himself? And uh, the, the Hebrew word for that is ruach, which has a nice guttural sound to it, good Hebrew sound, ruah. And and, and we find it in the very first verses when God begins to uh, introduce himself in the Bible. Uh, Genesis 1, verse 1 and 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Notice this next part. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. That word spirit is the word ruah. And so the, the, uh, the, the uh, interpreters of the Bible had to figure, it, it, so was it the wind of God moved on the face of the waters? Was it the Spirit of God? Wow, it could, it could go either way. But the significant thing that I find in this is the first time God appears in the Bible, He expresses Himself as wind. Man, that, that's, that's significant. And then later on in Genesis 2, we find that this God who reveals himself as wind or, or breath, the Bible says that he takes some dust, right? And he, and he forms a person and he, he breathes into them the breath of life. God again being revealed as wind. Now, in the New Testament, the Greek word is pneuma. Pneuma, from which we get the word pneumonia. Right, which is a respiratory illness, which keeps you from breathing properly. Um, we also get the word pneumatic from that, like pneumatic tools. You know, so you go by the garage and I'm <coughs> you hear that—that's air pressure. That's 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 very powerfully harnessed, or or a, uh, a jackhammer. All of that is run by air. Um, so, but even in that. Um, the key thing here is that when, when in the New Testament, these words are interchangeable. Pneuma can be breath or wind, or it can be spirit. And so, when God wanted to reveal to us uh, the Holy Spirit... Okay, he had to to choose a name, right? I mean, God exists, right? And he he wanted to reveal it to us. What would be the best way, and you can imagine the the Trinity up there, what would be the best way to represent the third person of the Trinity to the world? And he picks this Holy Spirit, Holy Ruah. So in the Hebrew language, Ruah is spirit, wind, or breath. In the Greek, it's Holy pneuma. But they're interchangeable words: the wind or breath of God. Now, let's go to uh, uh, briefly to the book of Acts and think about the introduction of the Holy Spirit to the believers. Now, in John 14, Jesus said, we talked about this several weeks ago, I'm going away, and I'm sending you a comforter to go with you. He will be with you. He'll never leave you. I won't leave you to be orphaned. So Jesus predicted that the uh, Holy Spirit would come. And in Acts 1, uh, Jesus told his disciples, the last thing he told them was don't leave Jerusalem because the Holy Spirit is going to come. And then in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Uh, He was, was, it was said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So the big question is, all of the disciples, we found that 120 of them are gathered in an upper room, and they're waiting for the Holy Spirit to come, and how does He reveal Himself? Acts chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like a roaring, mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. So, I find this to be really cool and amazing that throughout the entire Bible, when we're talking about the Spirit of God, the third person of the Trinity, uh, he is revealed as wind. So, what does that mean? What does that mean to us? Well, it's revealing something about God's character. Nothing is a mistake, right? He could have, he could have chose to reveal himself as, well, I don't know, but uh, he chose wind. Now, um, this all comes together for me in the Scripture that we're going to kind of consider today. It's John chapter 3, verse 8. John chapter 3, verse 8, which says, "...the wind blows wherever it pleases." You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going, so it is with everyone born of the Spirit. And so a, a comparison is being made here. All right? Everyone is who is born of the Spirit. Well, what's that? Well that John chapter three, Nicodemus, the the, the people who have been born again, who have accepted Jesus as Savior, they're the ones who are born of the Spirit. Well, for everyone who is born of the Spirit, what is the revelation of the Spirit like? Well, it's like this. The wind blows where it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. And that's true of the wind, isn't it? Have you ever, uh, I guess, none of, not all of you have had the, 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 the divine privilege of sitting on a deer stand. But if you do, okay, especially in the, in the, morning or, or in the evenings, the wind shifts, and, and you, you, can, you can hear it, and you're like, where is that actually coming from? And of course, in deer hunting, that's very important because you want to know where your scent's blowing, so you know where to look. You know, it's like, if your scent's blowing this way, you can look that way, but the deer, you know, look this way. And it's like, where is that? you know, kind of like, I, I can tell that the wind is blowing, and, and I think I know its direction, but I really can't tell what's happening. Now... For many of us, and, and John, that was an excellent choice for a song, because many of us are in that place where I don't know, where the, I don't know what the wind's doing right now. I, I don't know what God's doing. I mean, I hear, I hear it blowing, but I don't know. I'm, I can, I'm neither coming nor going because I don't know what God's up to. And we get perplexed by that and confused, but God tells us that this is the way it is to walk by faith. It's not completely cut and dried. It's not a yellow brick road. It's not a a well-marked path, but it's actually like the wind. It blows here, it blows there. We we don't know where it is or where it's going, but what's our job? It's to follow. It's to set our sail with the winds of the Spirit. So I want to tease this out just briefly uh, by considering the properties of the wind and how it reflects on... God, the Holy Spirit. The first thing that I want us to see is that the wind uh, or spirit brings life. It brings life. So everybody take a deep breath. That felt good, didn't it? We should probably do more of that, shouldn't we? Just a deep, releasing breath. Scientists tell us that all kinds of wonderful things happen when you do that. But really what you're doing is you're sucking into your lungs oxygen, which is being picked up by your lungs and, com- and converted to your bloodstream. It is what is sustaining you. How long can you hold your breath? Well, a minute, maybe two. We have this thing in our, in our uh, house where we, when we go through the tunnels, we try to hold our breath, you know, and, uh, and so uh, I'm usually the one driving, and so I like, go, okay, kids, go. And, and we go, and maybe we're going through the Baltimore tunnel, you know. We're going, and we're going, and we're going. And then right at the end, I hit the brakes, and we slow down. And <laughs> because we need oxygen. Oxygen is, is fill, fills the air. Now, I ha- I'm a pretty visual guy, and so I've got this illustration here, which I hope will kind of uh, kind of help us. So, you say, well, there's no wind in here. Well, actually, there is. There are wind currents all the time. And actually, you're making them. And so, so oxygen is all around us. Well, um, what would happen... So, so, you know, the same thing is true uh, with, with a candle. It is burning oxygen out of the air, right? Well, what, what if there's no wind what if there's no, um, no circulation? Well, I think we know this, and, and, and if you're a, a homeschooler, this can, this can be a science project for you. All right. So we have now cut that candle off from the wind that is all around it. And it looks good, actually. It looks pretty good. But we know that eventually, don't let me down here, There it is. All right. So, what happened there, okay, and you can return the lights to normal, thank you. Uh, What happened there was it used up all the oxygen in that little room, and the flame died because the wind brings life to us, life to you right now, life to this candle. Now, the Spirit also brings life. Jesus taught in John chapter 6, verse 63, the Spirit gives life. Okay, so just like oxygen, the wind brings you air, the Spirit brings life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you are Spirit and they are life. This word pneuma. Now what I want you to notice is The Spirit's activity is linked to something here. Notice, notice, what is it? Oh, it moved. It's supposed to be over a little bit. The Spirit uh, gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words, it's the words that I have spoken to you, they are Spirit and they are life. So what I want you to notice here is that the Spirit's activity is linked to the Word of God. Notice that? The words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. The spirit speaks through what? Is that what that teaches? I mean, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that was a rhetorical question. Yeah, this is the interactive part. Everyone say amen. amen. Oh, absolutely. The spirit speaks through his word. Jesus said the spirit gives life and the word I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. And so, uh, God's Spirit can speak to us in many ways, okay? He can speak to us through circumstances. He can speak to us through the impressions of our heart. He can speak to us through um, all manner of things, a, a Christian song. But the primary way that God speaks to us is through His what? It's through His Word. It's through His Word. Now, you know what? Some believers go through the whole week essentially holding their breath. They're not receiving any wind of the Spirit. They're, they're, they never crack the Bible on their own. They never engage in spiritual disciplines. They're, they're relying on, on maybe what they have here on a Sunday morning. And it's just like this candle. They, they, they essentially put themselves in a hermetically sealed room and they use up all the oxygen, and by Wednesday, the devil's kicking their butt. And they're like, why is that happening? It's because you're not getting any fresh wind. You're not getting any fresh breath. The Word of God is, a the Spirit uses the Word of God to resustain our lives. Without the winds of the Spirit of God, we suffocate spiritually. Now, the chat survey that the church took um, mentioned uh, one of the highest things that says that, that, that you said, we all said, was a weakness here at Bethany was this idea of um, teaching and practice of spiritual disciplines. And so the we'll, uh, elders and I are going to get together and we're going to address that as we move forward. But you know what? The number one spiritual discipline for a Christian is engaging in God's Word. And so if you are living a defeated Christian life or you are struggling, the the devil will do all he can to keep you from engaging in the Word of God. And so create space for God's Spirit through the Bible because wind, the Spirit, brings life. Now, the wind and Spirit is powerful and unpredictable. And if you're on your notes thing, uh, because I thought at time. Because of a limitation of time at this point, um, I kind of kind of combine them. So those are the next two fill-ins. If you're if you're following, the wind, the spirit is powerful and unpredictable. Notice back to the text that we looked at today. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. So on uh, May 31st, 1998, I was pastoring in Boyertown, Pennsylvania. And at, uh, at at about 5:13 p.m. on that day, uh, uh, in the town of Lyons, which is about 20 miles north of the church, uh, there, um, a F3 tornado touched down. And uh, and so we had some families up that way, and I went uh, I went up to uh, to check things out, and and they all had already um, established a perimeter. Uh, where the Red Cross was there, but because I had the the pastor card, uh, I was allowed to go in and and, and I met with uh, the church members who were there and they showed me their house, which was missing quite a bit here Here are some of the pictures uh, from that tornado and uh, it it was the most amazing thing um, so you would see where a, a brick wall had been torn down right but it revealed a, um, a closet where there were canned goods still standing there. You think, how'd that happen? Uh, or, or you'd walk up the steps, and here's another, another picture, you walk up the steps and, you, and you'd look in a, a, a window uh, 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 and the, the whole back of the house had been torn off, but there was still a table set with a flower on it. You're like, how does that happen? And even the, these debris fields—some of the trees were completely torn up, and others were just standing fine. Well, uh, the wind is powerful and unpredictable. Now, I don't think uh, that that uh, a tornado is a very actually a very the best illustration for the way the Spirit of God works. Okay, the Spirit of God is also powerful and unpredictable. But destructiveness and randomness is not how God works. But I will have to say that I have long, lived long enough in the Christ, my Christian experience to have experienced a few of God's F3 wins, right? Now, I hate uh, what, what I call two-by-four theology. You hear it all the time. Well, God just whacked me upside the head with the two-by-four. <sighs> You know, like I don't, I, I don't like saying that because in, in, around these parts we would call that abuse, right? We would, wouldn't we? Right? Okay, just, just check it, just check it. But I would have to say that God loves us enough to bring whatever force is necessary to get our attention. And so there are some times when the spirit gusts have leveled a stronghold or two in my life. Maybe you've experienced that as well. Sometimes the wind of God's Spirit has to clear off a foundation so a fresh building can be built. But hear me, please hear me. God's uh, uh, powerful and, unpre- and seemingly unpredictable wind in our lives is always constructive We may not see it. We may not even understand it, but it's always constructive, even if it has a deconstructive element to it. You say, okay, I get it. I'm I'm trying to take all this in. We have said that the Spirit of God works in our life like a wind. We can't see it come, we can't see it go, we may not even understand it. It's 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 life-giving, it's powerful, it's it's um it's unpredictable. So, what's the point? Okay, through this means of the wind, through the, the way the Spirit moves in our life, He wants to lead you. He wants to lead you. Look at a few scriptures here. For those who are led by the Spirit, the wind of God, are the children of God. Uh, John 16 verse 13 but when he the spirit the wind uh, the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all truth uh, Galatians 5, 16 and 18 so I say to you walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the uh, gratify the desires of the flesh but you are led but if you are led by the spirit you are not under the law so, what we're saying here today is that God, through the Holy Spirit's activity in our life, he desires to lead us, but it doesn't look like the leading that you, would current, that you would always expect. The wind comes, the wind goes, and you say, I don't get it. I don't understand. But can you trust? Can you believe? Can you wait on God. The Spirit of God is like the wind. Which brings us to two um, possible reactions to God's Spirit. Okay, if you're a believer, this, the Spirit of God is blowing in your life all the time. It comes and it goes. One of reactions to the Spirit of God is to resist. Now, which way which way is the wind blowing in this picture? Can you tell? You got it, right? That way, all right? And here is a gnarled tree which has spent its entire existence resisting the wind. And you can tell, can't you? That it's being resisted. Have you ever met a Christian like that? Or maybe you currently kind of feel like that. You're resisting what God is up to in your life. We can choose to resist God's Spirit But it's costly. We can allow the unpredictability of life to harden us, to jade us, and we can choose to walk our own path. But it costs us, and it looks something like that. But there's another choice for you this morning. You don't have to resist what God's doing, you can embrace it. I love this picture. You know, you couldn't get me to sit on there for anything. I'm like, whoa, man. It's like, I hope they all know how to swim. But when you think about it, this this is a great picture kind of illustrating uh, uh, God's wind in our life. It looks terrifying. It looks exhilarating. And it kind of looks fun, doesn't it? What's this? They, this a strong breeze is blowing and they have turned their sail into the wind and they are living life to the full. Man, that's what I want. That's what I want my life to be. Fully embracing what God has for me. You know, you say, Well, well, if I do that, I don't know. Yeah, that's true. The wind comes, the wind goes. But it's not a random wind. It's the wind of the Spirit, the loving embrace of God. Now, Jonathan, I don't know where he went. He went out. Oh, he's back here. Okay. Jonathan picked this song, which he said he didn't think went with the message. It goes perfect with the message. Because the way I wanted to end this is I believe that there is a set of people here within the congregation who is exactly at the point of that song. And you say, you know what? I am willing to follow, but you know what? This could be my life verse, actually. The wind blows where it pleases. You hear its sound, but you can't tell where it's coming or going. I don't know what God's doing in my life. Well, maybe maybe that has resulted in you being confused, hurt, or disillusioned. The conclusion of this service, what I'd like to do is uh, have uh, be up. I'll be up at the front, and, and we have we'll have um, Eric and Lauren up at the front. And I'm going. Could, could one of the ushers go get my wife? Because I want her to be with me. She's actually down in Children's Ministry. Got that? Thank you. Should have told her, shouldn't have I? Mm. So it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be Pam and I. And it's going to be, it's going to be uh, uh, Lauren and Eric, and it's going to be Steve and, and Rosanna. And uh, actually, God kind of picked that because all of us have experienced the wind of God in our life in some pretty seemingly not understandable ways, and yet uh, God has been faithful. And so if, if you're in the position where you say, I just don't know what God's up to, after the service, we want to have a time of prayer with you let' let 's bow our heads Lord thank you for this opportunity to share how you work in our lives and lord you you uh, you give us your very spirit which is life giving but it, it's it's and it's powerful but it 's also unpredictable and so Lord help us to trust you amid the unpredictability of life to know that you you are not um Uh, forsaking us. Uh, You are not punishing us, but you are working for our good and for your glory. So, Lord, I pray a special word of encouragement to those who are in the midst of a wind that they would be able to trust and hold on and embrace but not resist what you're doing. For we ask this in Jesus' strong name. Amen.